You are listening to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download them at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? Quick question for you. Do you want to go buy some hockey gear? Like some hoodies and, and shirts and cool stuff with your team's logo and players' names on it and stuff like that, uh, you can do that at Cool Hockey. But when you do it, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN. Coolhockey.com slash THPN. And while you're there, enter the promo code THPN to get 30% off of your purchase. Coolhockey.com has all, forgive me for doing this, the coolest hockey stuff. And you can go buy it and take 30% off. And by the way, you're giving us a little bit of a kickback. So you're supporting the show. And we like you for that. Thanks. Hey, everybody. I got a cool contest for you here brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is presented by Tankathon and Cool Hockey. What you need to do is go to tankathon.com slash NHL and click Sim Lottery. This is going to generate a uh, random... NHL draft lottery combination 1 through 15. You can do that as many times as you want. Once you find an order that you like, you can screenshot it and uh, submit it to us via Twitter at HockeyPodNet. You'll find this tweet with the Tankathon and Cool Hockey competition poster. Uh, You have to post that entry on that tweet, tag a friend, and retweet it. Make sure you're following Cool Hockey and Tankathon as well, at Tankathon, at Cool Hockey, at HockeyPodNet. If you have questions about that, send it to me at SSKane's Podcast. Enter in, win that. If you win it, you get a $200 gift card to Cool Hockey. Go buy you some new gear with that. And isn't that fantastic? Anyway, enjoy this episode. What's up, everybody? Siren Sounder Podcast, episode 40-something. I think we're at 48 now, and I usually get those wrong. I usually go back and check. I don't care about checking, so who knows? But I think it's 48. Uh, Hey, if you didn't listen to the reads at the top of the show, listen to me, sounding professional, saying top of the show. Kind of a dumb thing to say, but I said it, and I'm not going back on it now. Uh, If you haven't listened to that part yet, go back and listen real quick. Some cool contests and opportunities to save some money for you uh, in those reads. So go listen to them. And don't skip those anyway. Hey, if you skip those, hey, bud, come on. Who do you think you are? Skip my stuff? You? You're coming here to listen to me? And here's me talking? And you're going to skip it? No. No. That's not how it works. You listen to the whole thing. You got it? That's what it is. Um, hey, welcome to the show. Glad to be back on this beautiful Thursday. Although I have no idea where you are, and it might not be beautiful there. It could be terrible. It could be like a blizzard and, you know, negative 12 degrees. And that doesn't sound so beautiful. But here it's beautiful and 75 degrees. And so I'm going to assume that you're all living beautiful as well. If not, move. Uh, Hurricanes had one game in the past uh, 
whatever, however many days, three days there are in between Monday and Thursday, uh, and they won. So that's good. And we are steady in that wild card one spot, um, just hanging on right there above Columbus, even though Columbus has like 15,000 overtime losses, and that's the only reason they're there. It's cool. Uh, and I might even talk about that at some point of this show because it's, it's getting crazy. Uh, and the Islanders just continue to lose, and they are one point behind the Hurricanes. In uh, in the second, no, just outside the wild card race in that uh, in that third spot. It's probably smart for me to pull this up and verify it, make sure I'm not lying. Yep, there it is. Hurricanes 81 points, wild card one. Columbus, wild card two with 81, and the Islanders, uh, wild card three. That doesn't exist, so they're just right outside the line uh, with 80 points. An OT loss last night to, or sorry, a shootout loss to the Canucks, which, hey, Canucks... Beat a Metro team in regulation. That's all we're asking. Just do it, you know? Like, don't don't let them tie it in three periods. Can you do it or not? Clearly not. They give Columbus the win, and then they turn around and let the Islanders get a point in a loss. Um, but hey, we've like needed overtime every game to beat the Islanders too, so I guess we can't really say much. It doesn't matter. Uh, none of those teams are playing on Wednesday as I record this, so those standings will be as they are. Uh, let's get into some Hurricanes talk here. What's the best place to start? I guess we'll just go through that game against Detroit. 5-2 win by the good old Hurricanes in that one. And look, there was a lot of talk about like, oh, Detroit's playing really well, and uh, they just beat Tampa in a shootout, and, uh, you know, Bernier's playing really well. and all. Dude, it's still... It's still Detroit, and they are 17-49-5, and their goal differential is minus 122. So, yeah, doesn't really matter. There's really no excuse for losing. <laughs> like, I get it, obviously. Hey, look, 17 times this season, someone's lost to Detroit, and, like, most of them has been have been... Ooh, most of the buds, I just rewound myself. Most of those, I just ruined my own bit. That was going to be a funny joke, and now I can't even do it because I messed it up so much. What I was going to say is they have 17 wins, so 17 teams have lost to Detroit, and most of them are Montreal. Yay, I said it. I spoke words, and they made sense. Um, yeah, so you can't, like, I get it. Sometimes people lose to Detroit, but don't lose to Detroit. Hey, teams that lost to Detroit, don't lose to Detroit. Uh, and that should be pretty obvious. But uh, if you need me to help you out, I'm more than happy to do so. But big win for the Hurricanes. They needed it. They needed a performance like that. Um, and the lines that are going continue to go. And the lines that are not going continue to not really go. <laughs> but Sebastian Ajo gets two goals. Um so, you know, can't say you didn't get production from those sort of players. I mean, one of them was a shorthanded breakaway, uh, which was a nice move. I like that Sebastian Ajo has adopted more than just uh, the forehand, backhand, five-hole move to his uh, breakaway repertoire. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice goal there on special teams. And then at the end of the game there, that uh, that beautiful one-timer, which I think was also on the power play, was it not? Yeah, it was, uh, with the assist from Gardner and Tara Vinen. So 
uh, on the power play, on special teams in general, uh, I think that those top-line guys are still performing. We saw Svechnikov basically get a goal, uh, but then not, because Justin Williams was only about three-quarters of the way across the country offside on that play. And uh, it's unfortunate. Good play. But uh, it would have been nice to see Svechnikov get that. So they did split up. Rod split up the lines. Um, you know, mid not midway. It was in the third period. Um, just trying to get some stuff going because, look, we got two lines going. Or at the time, now that they've been kind of split up, they you had Stahl, McGinn, and Williams. And that line was being really, really, really playing well. Um, being being really playing well and just learned English and moved from the Ukraine. Um, yeah, that line had been performing really well and it was just great two-way line. And Justin Williams has scored goals in five straight games now. Uh, and then you had your fourth line that was um, Geeky Mc, Mc, Martinuk. Wow, I am struggling today, folks. Geeky, Martinuk, and Fogel. Um, and at times, Niederreiter was put on that line. Uh, but for the most part, it was Geeky, Martinuk, and Fogel. And I thought that line was really good. Um, and Geeky, man, you want to talk about this kid? He scores again. He's got like a 100% shooting percentage. Um, a bullet from the slot. You give this man the... Po- I mean, he's got a really good shot. I- I've been very impressed with him. Um, he's he's a lot bigger than he was, you know, in the training camps when we've seen him. Like, he's definitely hit the weight room and uh, gotten to NHL-level professional player strength. And he's already a big guy. So that's what you need uh, to compete. You know, he's he's able to win those board battles. He actually, if you go back to the, um, who'd they just play? Pittsburgh. Uh, on one of those goals, I think it was Jake Gardner's goal to get that screen, he made a great forechecking hit right behind the net. Uh, and without that hit, the Hurricanes don't maintain possession, don't get the puck back to the point, and don't get that huge goal from Jake Gardner. Um, so Morgan Geeky's been fantastic, and you see his shot. His release is very good. He's got some uh, some power to his shot. Got a strong, strong wrist shot. So um, it's great. He has a nose for the front of the net. I said during the game that um, he's basically doing all the things that Eric Halla did really well when he first started this season and was on fire and it was a big reason why the Hurricanes started out so well and looked like they were posed to be one of the best teams in the league and then you know as Hollow got injured and fell off and a couple other guys fell off and then the defense decided to like forget how to play defense and the this stuff goes on and on and injuries of course have uh, had a major impact but Hurricanes finally getting back to some of that you know identity that that smart two-way play and I mean I don't want to say it but Ryan Dezingle out of the lineup, we've looked better. Like, I'm not saying it's all Dezingle's fault, but I'm just saying when you take out a, a guy who's really struggling on both sides of the puck, defensively and offensively, and you put in a young kid who you've developed, who's hungry for the opportunity, who's uh, big and not afraid to be physical, and has really developed into a solid two-way player this early in his career, I'm, I'm so impressed with the job that the Checkers coaches uh, credit to Mike Volucci last year and this year Ryan Warsawski and all the assistants over there and uh, you know all the player development guys. These guys are fantastic at taking young players and uh, fine-tuning their skills at that level to where they can come up in the NHL and, and be effective players. That Morgan Geeky 
over the last two games, I know it's a, the smallest sample size. I know we love to overreact on these things and act like Morgan Geeky's the greatest player in the world. Truth is, the kid could not score uh, for the rest of the season, and like that wouldn't be uh, an outcome we should be ultra surprised by. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not saying I hope it happens, but like that's the realistic nature of uh, these kids, you know, being brought up and and transitioning from the AHL to the NHL for the first time. Is that? Uh, it's not it's not super likely that everyone just keeps on a you know goal and a half per game scoring pace um, and every shot that they shoot goes in the net but you you see what patience with a guy and understanding that hey this guy has potential and whether or not his skills are NHL ready he has things that he can work on to be even better better at the NHL level and we're not dying for him right now and it's much better for him to learn that at the AHL level where he's playing first line minutes you know power play penalty kill for some guys uh and 20 minutes a game than at the NHL level where he's gonna have to play nine minutes a game because you have to shelter him so that you don't get destroyed every time he's on the ice uh I some some people just don't really grasp that idea very well I think as a fan base we finally started to you know with the success the checkers have had um, and the fantastic uh, drafting that's been done to kind of get these guys in good spots, I think that you're finally starting to see like that people buy into that idea that it's okay to be patient and the end result is is good and it ends up with these guys you know having performances like Morgan Geeky's had. But anyway, um, he's been great and that fourth line's been great. Getting back to my point, uh, really other than those two lines, it hadn't been clicking. You had the Yahoo-Svechnikov-Teravainen line that, you know, it just hasn't looked good. There's been nothing there offensively. Uh, it's been a lot of, you know, missed passes and, and trying to be fancy and it's not working out uh, and losing battles along the boards. There's been a lot of that. It's been a whole lot of just, like, kind of perimeter work, passing it around and not really doing a whole lot. And then on the defensive end, it's they've had the most struggles getting the puck out of their own zone. And you can't do that. Like, it's just so... It's such a it's it's such the reason that the Hurricanes were losing so many games is is those exact uh, those exact scenarios where they're stuck in their own in and they can't get it out even though they've had ten chances to do so. Um, so you know that that's cause for concern. Obviously, that line was dominant you know a couple weeks ago and now it's cooled down and uh, you have to make a decision. The other line that's been slow or had been until it was uh, kind of realigned was. Trocek, Natchez, and Niederreiter. And, you know, I don't, I, I haven't been a big fan of that line in general on paper or especially in reality. I really think Natchez has struggled lately. Um, for all the great things he does offensively, I think that he's been a little dull offensively lately. Maybe, again, too, too much on the perimeter, too much trying to force uh, plays that aren't there. And then defensively, the kid is just really making some questionable decisions in the neutral zone and in his own end. Uh, he's been really, it, it seems like if he's got the puck in his own end with a chance to get it out, he's got like a 15% success rate. And that's not going to go well for you, um, you know, especially at an away game where the opposing coach could be throwing out first liners against you. He's been icing the puck a whole lot, which is definitely not good on the road because... Now that coach knows this is the line out there and I get to choose who I want against them and you're probably going to throw your big guys out there. And so not only are you tired uh, and you couldn't get it out against the lower line, now the, the best players on the other team are coming at you and it just doesn't usually go well um, unless you win that face-off. So 
those type of issues have to get uh, cleared up. I think Trocek had been kind of dull as well. Just nothing really going in the offensive end, and I don't think it's surprising that it doesn't seem to be a ton of chemistry between these guys. None of them have played together. So, I mean, I guess Natus and Nino have played together in, in super small stints a couple of times this year and on the power play, uh, but it's not the same at all. And I, I didn't like that line, And uh, but here, here's the issue. You got two lines that are going and two lines that aren't. I don't think any combination of the two lines that aren't, you know, moving like a Svechnikov onto the Trocheck line and a, a Nino up to the first line, I just don't think that that really helps. If anything, it, it might just make problems worse um, because, uh, to be honest, almost all of those guys have been struggling with their two-way games. I think Taravainen's definitely the best defensive player out of the bunch. But, I mean, you look at any of those other guys and... It's just not really there. So what do you do? Do you leave it as it is? Or do you split up the lines that are doing well and hope that those guys that are doing well can bring a little bit of success to these lines that aren't doing so well? It's a tricky choice, and it's a really tough choice for uh, Jeff Daniels and Rod Brindamore to have to make. Uh, You saw them tinker with it a bit, although I think they kind of, a few different comments, I don't think anything really stuck at the end of that Detroit game, so I'll be interested to see what they do here tonight against New Jersey. Speaking of New Jersey, let's talk about them. Uh, They've been killing it lately, uh, and they're a team that the Hurricanes have struggled against here this season. But again, this time of year, uh, there's no time for excuses anymore. Um, I get it that no team is is an easy win anymore, even Detroit, even though uh, that's probably as close to an easy win as you can get in this league is a historically bad Detroit team. Uh, but New Jersey is caught right back up. They're essentially, uh, they're one game below NHL 500. So uh, it's not like they're one of these super bottom feeders. You know, they're not having a good season. But recently, since uh, since the beginning of the year, really, uh, they've, you know, they're doing what a lot of these teams do, especially after the trade deadline when you know that, you know, this is it. Like we're, we're we have almost no chance of making the playoffs. Uh, and you're just kind of, playing with with no expectations and it's just easier like you're just having fun and a group of skilled guys in the ice together will just eventually start making things happen so you got to watch out for that new jersey team um they've they've been getting really good play a guy like nikita gusev i think has really come up he now leads their team in assists with 31 which might not seem ultra impressive but uh hey he was he was struggling and now he's got 44 points in 66 games um, and I think the Devils have to be excited about that. Kyle Palmieri is a guy who can always score on you as well. So you got guys to watch over there. Um, and even though Jack Hughes hasn't had, you know, a phenomenal season that a lot of people I think were <laughs> like unrealistically expecting of an 18 year old kid, he's still very skilled and can make you pay too. There's a lot of guys on that team that can. I mean, just like there are in any any NHL team. Uh, Yanni Kokinen, I guess we'll see him as well. So uh, not sure what to expect there. Not sure how much he's been playing for them here recently, but uh, that'll be interesting to see a, a former prospect lace it up against us. The same thing just happened with the Rangers uh, a couple weeks ago with Julian Gauthier uh, in the lineup. And uh, good luck to those guys, really. I wish them all the best. Um, all right. A couple of other things going on around the team. Uh, Sammy Votnin, where is he? What's going on? Uh, we were told this was a bruise. Um, I think it's a little more than that because he's not even skating 
or rather he tried to skate and it regressed his injury to where he was, oh, you know, day to day. And now it doesn't seem like he's day to day anymore. Um, and it's not good news. Um, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot out of Otten this year. If you do see him, I don't think he's going to be particularly effective like he could be. I don't think you're going to see him like 100% healthy. Uh, and it's a shame. I saw a picture of Dougie Hamilton, though, uh, walking the streets of Raleigh out of a boot. So that's good. Obviously, he's not close. Uh, he still has yet to skate or anything. It's it's There's a, still a long way to go, even after you get the cast off in the boot and all that. Um, but good progress nonetheless. Maybe we can see him in the playoffs earlier than we expected, uh, as long as the Hurricanes can make it that far, which I believe they can. Um, and uh, Vatnin, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I wouldn't expect him to be super impactful either way at this point with, with what it seems like this injury has kind of turned out to be. So unfortunate, but you know, what you, you, you deal with what you got. Um, and right now, I mean, let's, let's go through the Hurricanes defense. Uh, first pair of Slavin and Edmondson. I think both those guys have been really good. I've been impressed with Edmondson and um, I'll get to this at the end, but I really think you're seeing with all these guys other than Slavin that it so depends on who, and maybe even Flurry. I think Slavin and Flurry have been the team's best defensive defensemen here through this stretch. And huge credit to uh, Hayden Flurry. He's really coming into his own at the end of this year, and that's fantastic. And um, could very well earn him a nice little contract, though he's still an RFA. So uh, we'll see what goes on there. Anyway, those guys have been great. I think with everyone else, you're seeing that it just really depends on who you're playing with. Uh, and Brett Pesci is such a valuable player because Edmondson played with, and Slavin the same thing. Um, you just haven't seen many players, you know, rotating in and out with Slavin. But Slavin played, or sorry, Edmondson played with uh, with Pesci the beginning of the year, and we all thought he looked great. And then we rotated out, and Edmondson was playing with uh, Van Riemsdyk or Flurry, and didn't look as good, made more mistakes, it was more noticeable in a negative way, uh, and so on and so forth. Then you get a guy like Jake Gardner. Uh, obviously, we his struggles are well documented at the beginning of the year and then started playing a little better. When did he start playing a little better? Is it when he was bumped up with Brett Pesci? Yes. And that's because Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin are so talented that some of their talent leaks out of them and is collected by their defensive partner. Um, and that sounds ridiculous, but it, I mean, it's really... It's really what's going on. Those guys just make everyone they play with so much better. So now, I think the top two pairs for that reason have been good. Uh, Shea has been, I don't know. If we're going to grade everybody, I'd give Slavin an A-, minus um, because the power play, I just feel like uh, Gardner would be better on that first power play, but Gardner's got chemistry with the second unit, so whatever. Leave it as it is. I'm fine. Uh, Edmondson, I would give him a B. Here recently, I think he's been playing well with with Slavin in that category. Great penalty killer, you know, doing the usual blocking shots, being physical. We love it. Um, Hayden Flurry, I would give Hayden Flurry a B plus. Um, I think he's doing really, really well, um, and that's like you know, definitely top four grade worthy. So good for Hayden Flurry. Uh, Brady Shea, I would give Brady Shea like a a C. I don't know. I mean, I think that he's been he's a he's a great skater. Uh, probably one of the one of the if not the best skater on the team. Um, so unlike an Edmondson or a Gardner, when he makes a mistake, he's he's able a lot of times to get back in time to kind of fix it, um, and also that allows him to enter the zone relatively easily, kind of like what you see a Marty Natchez doing a lot. 
when you're that fast and you're just you get going and you're going faster than everyone, it's just like it's so much easier to just make one move and catch someone flat footed and you're in the zone. Uh, so I think he's been good there defensively. Obviously, we saw what happened against Philly. Like he's just prone to making mistakes like that. So I give him a C. Um, we go down to the bottom pairing, and you have Jake Gardner. I think Jake Gardner's been very good offensively. He had three points against Detroit, and that was great. Uh, and he's been really good on the power play, and probably one of the main reasons why the power play has done anything here recently. Because for a while, it looked like if we don't have Dougie Hamilton, the power play is just going to suck, and that's what it is. Um, so great, great from him. I would give him maybe a, a, a B minus. Uh, the defensive struggles are still there every now and then. And again, I think it's because of who he's playing with. If he's playing with a third pairing defenseman, he's going to look a lot like a, a not great third pairing defenseman. If you're playing with a top four defenseman, I think you're going to see him, uh, not stand out so much negatively in the defensive zone. Because if, if one guy's always in position, then when you're out of position, it's not that big of a deal. If the other guy's out of position and you're trying to like fix that, but also you're kind of out of position, like it's just a mess and it always ends up in a goal. Um, and that leaves us to Tre- Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who hasn't been all that great lately. I would give him like a C minus. He hasn't been terrible. Um, and he's he's made some really good plays. He's saved a few goals here over the last few games. I think I've seen him make several plays where, you know, he's denying a wraparound chance or he's getting a stick on a stick um, and denying a shot opportunity right around the net on a rebound. So he hasn't been terrible by any means, um, but he doesn't really do much offensively. And uh, at times he's kind of been caught in no man's land quite a bit, actually. It's it's a little concerning. So um, we'll see what happens if and when Vatnin does return. I think TVR would be the odd man out in that scenario. And Vatnin, I don't know what they would do. They would probably put Vatnin with Flurry and put Edmondson with Gardner. Is what I or sorry, and put Shea with. Mm, they're both lefties, though. I don't know. I have to think about that one. I'd have to think about that one. Anyway, moving on. (laughs) So all this stuff is happening, man, with the frickin' coronavirus, dude. Like they're they're talking about shutting... uh, The Sharks, for one, uh, have said that, like, hey, we're not playing games here. Um, And so the league has to figure out, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to play in an empty building? Are they going to move it to a neutral site? Are they going to uh, reschedule the games? Are they going to play in the visiting arena? It's just a, it's a mess, man. Um, and you've seen a lot of teams. I think Ohio was like, yeah, nobody should be at sporting events uh, other than essentials and parents uh, as spectators. And then Columbus immediately came out on Twitter and was like, yeah, no, we're just going to, we're going to do it like normal. And that's how it's going to be. <laughs> So just not listening at all, uh, which, you know, more power to you, I guess. Here's here's the deal with this whole this whole thing. And I don't know, you start to, it's like kind of a political thing, but like it's affecting sports. So at this point, I feel like it's it's warranted to talk about. Here's the deal with this, this thing is it's basically a, an illness that's very similar to the flu, um, which obviously is not, you know, the most... Uh, dangerous illness ever, but it's certainly not void of complications that can come from it. Like it's a, it's one of the more serious, like common illnesses you could you could get. Um, it's not a walk in the park, and uh, a lot of people can definitely struggle with it. The thing about the flu is we have vaccines for it, so a lot of people catching the flu, 
uh, aren't people who have to worry about the flu. Like it's just an annoyance to them. If if the flu is going to give you serious health complications, you definitely have a flu vaccine, hundred percent. Like there's no one walking around with a severely compromised immune system that doesn't have a flu vaccine. And if you are one of those people, I would strongly suggest you go get yourself a flu vaccine because you're uh, you're you're really rolling the dice there. This coronavirus obviously doesn't have a vaccine, so um, you know all, all those people that you know, are protected by those vaccines for the flu that would be severely at risk if they got the flu uh, are now in that situation for this disease without a vaccine. So they have to really be careful as to not uh, contract that. And obviously, diseases spread so easily um, that, you know, we have to do some things to make it harder for that to spread. And I'm all for that. Um, But at a certain point, if you're a, if you're a person who if you get this disease is going to have serious complications from it or at a high risk for so probably don't go to like a sporting event you know like i know that's unfair but like sorry life's life's not fair to you obviously if you if you have like a genetic disorder or something like that sucks you know and i feel terrible um but there's nothing that can really be done about it and and like you, you have to live with it and cope with it. So like, I feel like you shouldn't go put yourself in those positions. So quarantining essentially, I mean, that's what you're doing when you're saying like, don't gather is you're, you're quarantining people away from a spot. And for a lot of people, like it wouldn't really matter if they got it or not, like it would suck. And the thing is, then they can spread it to others. So I, I trust me, I understand both sides of this argument. But to me, like I would be way more worried if I was a person, you know, that had a, a big risk is I, I would be quarantining myself to keep away from everyone else. I just feel like that's a lot easier <laughs> than, uh, and then, and then, you know, the, the fatality rate isn't very severe if, if the people that uh, are at the higher risk of contracting it, like, aren't going to be in trouble from it. Um, but again, I understand that those people can get it and then pass it on to people. So, um, so we'll, we'll see what happens here, but uh, it's, it's getting kind of crazy out there. And, uh, I just think that, you know, if you're a person who's going to really have trouble with that disease, definitely stay home. Like don't go to a sporting event. That would not be smart. And I like that teams are putting out these things that are like, uh, you know, we'll refund you if that's the case, because you should, I feel like this would be the same way for work. Like if you have a a compromised immune system and there's a, a disease going around that can have severe health complications for people like that, and, uh, there's no vaccine for it then like, yeah, you, you should be able to get like basically emergency medical leave or be able to work from home if, if your job, you know, is able to do so. Um, and stay the heck home, man. I wouldn't be out and about. I don't trust the public, man. These people are gross. The videos of people's kids licking rails at amusement parks and stuff like gross. You, y'all are gross, honestly. And stop shaking hands. People are gross. Like, everyone's going to think this way, too, going forward. Even after all this is, is done and there's no more and there's either a vaccine for it or all the cases are done and, and nobody else is contagious and it just runs its course, uh, everyone's going to be, like, constantly, like, washing their hands and, like, going to go to shake hands with someone and be like, where is where has this person been, you know? Uh, and maybe we should always think that way, you know? Maybe this is a good lesson. I think that the soap companies engineered this virus to... Uh, teach the world, finally force them to learn how to properly wash their hands. Because I know most of y'all do that thing where you go into the bathroom and you like turn the water on, you kind of like throw your hands under and you're like washed. No, it's not. 
that's a rinse and and barely that <laughs> or you get you pump the soap and you're like done no you didn't do anything you might as well have not wasted that soap i bet you soap companies are making bank right now soap companies hand sanitizer companies like purell is building skyscrapers off of this thing i bet you purell's behind the whole thing conspiracy theory um anyway we've this is a good stopping point because what are we even talking about anymore uh go follow at ss canes podcast on twitter you can send me questions whenever you want uh subscribe to the feed on itunes google play spotify all that sort of stuff siren Sonder canes podcast rate and review it while you're there and follow at HockeyPodNet. follow along with all these contests giveaways uh and offers to go buy some stuff at discounted rates uh i will be back monday hoping 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 for uh what is it three more big hurricanes wins this uh Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday schedule is brutal. So we got three games to talk about on Monday. I will see y'all then.